Welcome to Blue Bloods College Game Time. A true blue pod production. Quarterback draw. He's got running room. And a first down. Watch out. He's got getaway speed. Touchdown. That game on last night had me sweating. I couldn't believe it. It was college game time. A couple of blue bloods out competing. College game day Saturdays. Big time players making plays. All I really need is another weekend full of back to back games. Just me and my friends, man. I love college. College football. I love March Madness. Yes, sir. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Bloods College Game Time, a true blue pot production. It's Trey Smith. And it's your boy, Brandon Holmes. Once again, Blue Bloods College Game Time, a podcast for the fans, by the fans. We are back with another week, week five of college football. We are more than a quarter way through the season. This has been the most emotionally driven college football season i have been in a while man i feel like every week there's a new high and a new low i don't know what's going on only two things are for certain i think we'll talk about those later is mm. Bama and georgia are for real but other than that man we're on a roller coaster well we will definitely get to that here in a bit uh, i'm sitting here actually just it's so weird because if you're listening you, you know typically we record on <clears throat> sunday mornings like early Sunday mornings before church, before all of that. And that's usually why when we're discussing the top 25, it's still from the previous week's top 25. Well, here we are this week, just due to several factors. Uh, We're actually recording Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And I'm sitting here, I got an NFL game on my iPad right now. I'm (laughs) peeking over here at the, it's Green Bay, Pittsburgh. I need uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams to ball out for my fantasy team. Uh, Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Uh, and then, um, we got the new top 25 set. I'm just, I'm just sitting here thinking that, man, what a weekend it's been like getting back to our partnership with sports illustrated blue bloods college game time is partnered with fan nation, which is powered by sports illustrated. You probably, if you've been following us on uh, social media have seen, we've been putting different snippets up of our video recaps this weekend. This weekend, and that's why we're recording so late today on Sunday, because we just finished our last games. Basically, between the two of us, the Blue Bloods team, we hit Arkansas, Texas, A&M, Ole Miss, the Falcons, and that's college. NFL, we hit the Falcons, the Washington football team, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Houston Texans. So that's eight teams, (laughs) eight sites eight sports illustrated powered team sites that you and i are doing these weekly recaps for and so we're just continuing to grind it we're continuing to you can even see i got the little uh yeah you got, got the, the little sports in the illustrated background. there in the background <laughs> hopefully it makes it into once yeah. we start to splice this all up um those of you if you're watching if you're not i got a I got a sports illustrated football book behind me with a couple college helmets of the teams that i'm i'm privilege to cover right now from a video recap standpoint but what else we got b holmes man this is a, actually like a very well it's been busy and it's like since we started the sports illustrated thing i'm honestly trey it's like since we started the podcast 
things have just kind of been like divinely aligning and it's yes. I feel like every week we get busier with something with the podcast. <laughs> it's like, you know, the first week was like, oh, this is fun. Then the next week it was like literally week two Sports Illustrated re- reaches out to us. Um, and then this past week, man, uh, we had a cool interview. Uh, we're going to drop in midweek, I think Wednesday, probably more than likely. This guy, Malcolm yes. Hill. Um, some of you guys are familiar with Malcolm, those who listen to us. If you're not, man, incredible guy. Played Division One football at Rice. Has a yes. really awesome story about how that happened and what he's doing now. He's a OC. He's young, too. Young oh, OC yeah. at an up-and-coming program in Frisco, Texas. And so, really Does cool. real estate on the side. Does real estate on the side. Like, he's a hustler, man. And just to give him a teaser, I mean, he gave us some pretty cool insight because he actually played against Johnny Manziel and Dak Prescott in the same season. And just yeah. hearing that player's perspective like i thought he had some really cool insight on what it was like playing against those dudes and i think that's awesome man because i think you know for one side of the fans we always look at it and we think we know but it's different versus somebody that's actually being on the field or playing the game that understands like what goes into that what you're looking for the iq it takes um, you know, it's it's like it's the same thing for me when I watch track and field on TV and I'm like, OK, they're about to run this. I know this is their time based upon their split. And it just gives you a different feel. So, man, I'm excited to release that interview this week. He actually has a really cool story about him and Johnny Manziel. So um, yes. I think I think that's going to be great. Outside of that, man, we had a cool moment. So, man, if you guys don't know, Trey handles a lot of the connections and stuff with Blue Bloods and how we got with Sports Illustrated. And part of my role is like marketing. That's what I do in my regular life job. I do marketing, yes. I do branding. And so um, I had been saying since we started, like, yo, I'm going to get him to TikTok. <laughs> like, and yeah. uh, just just anybody that's out there, here's some free game I'm not going to charge you for. If you're not trying <laughs> to do your stuff through TikTok and YouTube, you're way behind. Instagram is obsolete in about five years. So if you have any type of content creation, you should be going to YouTube and TikTok. Free game. Thank me later. I'll collect my 10% once you make it. Just remember <laughs> me. Um, So I told Trey, I said, hey, man, we're going to do a TikTok. He's like, you know, hey, B, marketing's your thing. Go for it. Do it. First day in my line, I text you. I go, I, I I post, I wake up the next morning, I go, Trey, we just have 40,000 views on one video. And um, you're like, oh, man, that's amazing. And I remember I was saying, I was like, I don't think he really understands. Like, we just got a I really did. I, I, I literally looked at my wife. I was like, is this good? Like, I'm totally foreign to the whole TikTok scene. I, I barely even know Instagram. Like, you, you really, you're the reason we got, like, up and going on Instagram. Yeah. Like, I can do Twitter. I've got my little Facebook for like my my family and friends, right. but that's about the extent of it. Like you you made that happen. I looked at my wife. I was like, is this good or is this like everyone? Like, my thing was, is this something that happens for everyone on TikTok or is this like actually something big? So anyways, go and, ahead. And it's, you know, so I'm freaking out all day. And so I can't, because I woke up and my phone was just, it was going off so much. I had to restart it because it was freezing. And normally I don't leave notifications on, but I really didn't think anything of ours, if I'm being transparent, would click that fast. I'm like, okay, because we had like, I have a marketing plan for like two, three months. So we're like, I'm like, okay, 40,000, not bad. <laughs> I checked maybe like an hour later, we're like 80,000. I'm like, (laughs) what in the world is happening? And so like throughout the day, we're checking. And every time we're checking, I'm like texting you updates. So I'm like, oh my God, we're at 85. Oh man, I just checked again. We got a thousand more views. So long story short, in four days, we went from um, no followers to I think we're at like 1,500 (laughs) followers. I'm looking Uh, right now. We are at, yeah, we're we're almost to 1,500 followers with 24,000 likes with 24,000 likes 
we just started our TikTok not even a week ago. And then I think the big the video that went viral, we have like almost 900,000 views on it. Yes. So that was pretty incredible for us. Um, and because of yes. that, we're, we're going to announce it sooner. But we're looking at doing a live show exclusively on TikTok. Um, we'll, we'll give you guys more on that. But that was huge for us, man. Like, um, you know, we've really been trying to push this media thing as far as TikTok, as far as YouTube. So subscribe to mm -hmm. us on YouTube. If you're on TikTok, follow. If you don't even have a TikTok, we suggest you get one because we got some cool stuff coming on TikTok. Um, and, and YouTube is TBP Sports. TBP yeah. Sports. That's T is in Trey, B is in Brandon, P is in Pod, T is in True, B is in Blue, B is in Podcast. It's right. TBP Sports because I mean, it's right now Blue Bloods College Game Time is the start of it, but we will continue to get so much more beyond like just college football. We'll get into March Madness. We'll start to dip into like right now with the Sports Illustrated link. I mean, we're starting to get into NFL. Yeah. Just got a text yesterday um, where we, we, we're we going to have some opportunity in the NBA season as well. I haven't even talked to you about that yet, B. Oh, Holmes, but we're yeah, going to have some news. opportunity there. <laughs> and so just know TVP Sports, that's where we're about to just start housing everything. <laughs> Yeah, everything's going to be there, so follow us on there. But, man, that was a pretty exciting week, man. That's a marketing win for us um, and excited for all our live stuff there. But So I think that just drove us into, honestly, an exciting weekend, man. College yes. football was well, – I think this was a high – it depends on who your, on who your team was, exciting. right? This was a high-intense weekend for both of our teams. And, um, you know, the segment we started last week was – who if the college football playoff, if you're in a committee today, you had to pick four, who'll be your next four and who'll be your next two in. Um, so man, I think we're just gonna like jump kind of right into that. Let's do uh, it. So for me, man, here's my here's my top four. And and I've been struggling. I had to go to church this morning. Well, I go to not had to. I went to church this morning and it was terrible because I'm like listening to the message, but the whole time I'm thinking about this segment, like, okay, <laughs> who who's gonna be in my top four? Oh man. And so I'm like, Jesus, please give it to me. So my number one obviously is Bama. Bama, as Trey says, you're not beating Bama. Like you're that, not we're beating Bama. Hey, we're gonna get some merch with that because everyone texts me that about that. Uh so Bama, Bama's my number one. Georgia, I'm sure you'll touch on them later. Uh, number two. Oh yeah. And this this was tough for me. Uh, the next two in, and then the next two out because it was so different last week. Pac-12 let us down. Um, Big my time. number th my number three, honestly, is is Iowa. Um, I think they're deserving. They've done what they're supposed to do and handle people well. Um, they're undefeated. Number four, I just think of the undefeatedness of who they are. Obviously, Penn State. I like that because um, they round out the top four. I, I think that's fair, but that's going to change next week because they go down and they face each other. Number five, man, is where you start getting tricky. I don't like Cincinnati there. I mean, Notre Dame is who we thought they were at the end of the day. Um, we've been saying that for weeks yeah, now. We've been saying that for weeks. So I'm not really impressed with the Notre Dame win. Um, number five, actually, man, I just think based upon record, you got to go OU. I don't like them, but they're undefeated. And if we're talking, we're picking today, we know that's the brand. If they're undefeated, that's who gets picked in. And my sixth pick, man, it's going to shock some people. I don't I don't even like saying it because I've been coasting in this place of like low expectations. Oh, don't get too hyped. Going. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. But my God, man, on 29 drop back passes, we got 29 quarterback pressures. 
Number six, man, if I had to do it today, I'm calling for my voice and blue the Michigan Wolverines. We did what we were supposed to do in Wisconsin. And you know what? Check my Twitter. I was nervous. I'm like, oh, man, we gave up a quick touchdown at the end of the half. But then they just handle business, man. They look good. JJ's getting in the game, playing good. And this is based upon just record. They, if this was today, they'd be undefeated. They had a very impressive win mm. against Wisconsin. The defense looks great. Aiden Hutchinson is a definitely first-team All-American, all-around consensus, and he'll definitely be a top-five pick, barring any injury, and he's looking the part. He's not just a freak. He's looking the part, and he's leading that defense. So, man, if that was my four-in, two-out, I mean, and I think it's a pretty big – um based upon what we I know we normally talk about the two best conferences in the country are the SEC and the Big Ten and I think if that was today that would be very rep, uh, a fine representation of uh, who I would say will be the top four and then the next two in okay um here's here's where I'm at right now okay next weekend is gonna really help me so that's gonna be what is that will be uh week six week six week six that'll really help me kind of shape out my my top four next two because if you remember last week i had bama <laughs> georgia oregon penn state and then my next mm-hmm. two in were arkansas and old miss i don't yes. know that i'm comfortable just throwing arkansas old miss out of there now, I know neither one of them are going to stand a chance to to get in, but I'm just saying if we're talking about our CFP plus two, like who we think the yeah. top six teams are, because to me it's two different conversations. Who do we actually think will will get those spots or mm-hmm. who do we actually think deserves those spots? Okay. Now, I can give you who I think at this point, if the season were to end now, who would get those spots. I could, I could feel like I could do that easy. Right. But who I think deserves those spots, I'm not so sure of because last week I gave you who I thought deserved to be in those spots. Right. And to me, it's tough to just write off Ole Miss and Arkansas for losing comfortably. And obviously I will get I will address one of those games here in just a second, but losing comfortably, but to me, it's to the two teams that I mean. I don't think anybody's touching either one of those teams. I agree. And my opinion is the SEC championship, when Bama and Georgia both run the table and get to the SEC championship, that game should be to to determine who gets the one seed and who gets the two seed in the CFP. That's not how it's going to shake out. You and I and the rest of the college football world knows that. But in my opinion, based off the best teams – those two teams right there, I see them both running the table. Absolutely. I think Bama beats Georgia in the SEC championship. Georgia certainly has a better front seven. I And I'll get to this later, but I, I yeah. said it last week. I know it you didn't did. make the, the sound bite, <laughs> but I said it last week yeah. that Georgia's got the best front seven in the country and arguably, when it's all said and done, could have one of the best front sevens in college football history. I said right. that. You did say um, that. I'll give you that. Now. Where Bama, I think, gets the leg up is first off, it ain't like their front seven is just that far behind. Right. But it's going to come down in that game, in my opinion, to quarterback play. And yep. that's where Bama has the advantage. And so, anyways, I think I think that game should be for the top two spots. But I'll get off that soapbox. 
Who do I think would be in? I would go Bama, Georgia, Penn State, OU, because I think OU gets the nod. Um, now, right now where things are at, Iowa would, pro- would probably get the nod for the three spot, and then OU would get the nod for the four spot just on – everyone's all over Iowa right, Iowa right now. They like, are. are. they that good? And, and I'm not saying that like being a hater, saying they're overrated. Right. Like, I really don't know. And so part of why I want to get to next week is because I want to watch them play Penn State Big to kind of help see how that that that's that plays out. Yeah. Um, and then OU's got to play Texas. And if you remember last week, I I put it you on wax. It. I said I think Texas is going to beat OU this you year. You did say that. You did say um, that. And I think that they got scared against. Uh, they had a scare against TCU. I think for two reasons: Gary Patterson like coaches the game of his life every year against, against UT, the Longhorns. <laughs> every year. And I think, you know, it's the age old trap game. Like they were probably looking ahead to uh, this upcoming weekend, the Red River Showdown. So I, I know I haven't really just clearly laid out a top four plus two. I need another week. I feel That's like fair. I've said my case on what I think should happen and who would be deserving with those top two teams and how the SEC championship should determine that. Right. Um, but I, I would I I, I mean I, I would go I'd go Penn State and then and then OU just because I, but that's what's what's tough for me right now is I don't think OU deserves to be there. Me neither. Personally. But you know you know if they fin it, if they went if they beat Texas and went out, they're going and it's gonna Oh get, no, no it, doubt it'll be slaughter. Now my thing with Iowa is this, man, and you know I'm a Big Ten guy. I watch a lot yes. of Big Ten football. Um Iowa is this is what surprised me about Iowa because normally, even when they are undefeated, I'm never high on them. I'm always like, okay, you play in the you play in the weakest division of the Big Ten. It's normally like the Notre Dame's. You know, you you grind it out and then you'll sneak a three win, three point win over here. But they've like aggressively have handled every opponent. The defense is stingy. And that's why this game against Penn State to me is super important because Sean Clifford uh, and James Franklin, they have figured out like this, this Penn State office has become high octane. They're capitalizing. Josh Doxson is looking amazing. And I think Iowa, put to, I think if I'm correct, leads the Big Ten in takeaways. So I mm. think it's going to be a really interesting game on defense versus offense because if Iowa's defense is who I think they are and what they've shown to be in the first few weeks, it's going to be a long night for Penn State um, because then we know what Iowa's going to do. They're going to grind okay. you out. They're going to they're going to roll grind you. They're going to run the football like that. That's who they are. They're like we're going to play tough defense and then don't sleep on the running. But I forget his name and I'm drawing a blank and I shouldn't and it's not disrespect. I'm just drawing a blank. It's been a long weekend. But the running back from Iowa is not the typical running back from Iowa. He has speed. He's shifty. Okay. They've got some explosive. Yeah, they got some explosive. He can make an explosive play happen. And so See, the quarterback, yeah. Go so ahead. the quarter, the quarterback is a typical Iowa quarterback, but it's like they have just enough of the right pieces in the right places where this isn't your typical, Hey, we're going to just out athlete Iowa. They got enough. They have enough sneaky athletes that I believe that will make them competitive. Do I think they can compete with Bama and Georgia? No, I don't think anybody can. But I think from what I've Me seen either. so far in Iowa, I believe, and and this is this weekend will be the eye test. But from what I've seen so far, I believe they can line up with anybody. And I'm not saying they're going to beat everybody, but I believe it wouldn't just be like, oh man, they got in here because they went undefeated in the week Big Ten. I think it, they got there and they're going to make it a very competitive game. 
Here's what I think is really going to happen with the Big Ten. Let me say that. Let me re-say that. Here's what I could foresee being a scenario. Penn State, Iowa beat up on each other this weekend. Mm-hmm. And let, let's just say Penn State wins that game. Yeah. So now Iowa's got a loss. Which I think they will, personally. Then Penn State goes and loses to Ohio State. Ohio State beats an undefeated Michigan team. Let's just let's just go here for a second. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, Ohio State, a one-loss Big Ten champion, Ohio State, is in the college football playoff. Oh, team yeah. where no one's talking about, but just getting back to some of the same reasons we talk about, just the name recognition. I don't want that to happen. I don't even say I. I I'm not even saying I think that's going to happen. I, I actually kind of agree with you. You've already put a call in that they're going to lose a conference game this year, mm-hmm. and so, um, I mean, right? That's because because they've already yeah, lost yeah, a they, game, but they lost a game, and you know, national media is really they played Rutgers yesterday and they put up 42 and everyone's like right. Ohio State has found their stride and I'm like it's Rutgers you should run them out of the building and I know people are going to say but you guys struggled with Rutgers last week but I'm like we made up four with our game this week against Wisconsin but it comes down to getting, quarterback play getting back to the Iowa thing though but just looking at their scores which is really all I've done mm-hmm. I mean I kind of glanced at the game Friday night against Maryland um but looking at their scores, it would show, okay, maybe there is a little bit more explosiveness on this team than like your typical Iowa, you know, Hawkeye mm-hmm. type roster. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching that because that'll kind of help me. I just, I see them at number three. And yeah. my first thought is, okay, they're overrated. But I can't say that confidently because I don't really know. It's just me right. kind of going, are they really that good? Let me ask you this, and then we can move on to the uh, week five recap. If the Iowa Hawkeyes played the Ole Miss Rebels this weekend, who wins? Whew, that's tough for me. And it, 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 and I, I'm just going to go back to this. I love Lane Kiffin, um, and I'll talk a little bit more about him in my week five recap. Um, I love the offensive genius he is. I think this, though. I think it's more of a toss-up than people really would want to give credit for. Now, we know okay. SEC fans... Which is me, yeah. To be fair, very big on like, you guys are the. I will say this: are the the best college football conference in the in the country. Partly of that is, I mean, you got Bama and Georgia, the top tier. Yeah, you know, you're the top tier. I would say this though: I would, I, I don't think it would be a runoff on Iowa. I don't. I think if it's a neutral site game, or if it's, you know, I won't even say that. I think Iowa is comfortable going on the road. Um, so I think a lot of factors play into this trade. So let me, if, if we're playing yesterday and the game is at Kinnick, I think it's really close. Kinnick's a hard place to play. Um, especially a night game. At especially Kinnick. a night game at Kinnick. There's always, and it's October. People hate yes. playing at Kinnick at night in October. Something spooky always happens as Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their defense is better than people want to give it credit for. I'm not saying they beat Ole Miss, but I am saying Ole Miss probably will walk into that game thinking, oh, we're about to run up and down the field on these guys, and I don't think it would be as easy as they are letting in to think like, oh, we're about to dominate Iowa. So that's – I think they make it competitive, man. Here's why I asked that question, though. Mm -hmm. Because Ole Miss is a team that I think is a good team, and – 
I'll also throw another group team in there like Kentucky. The only reason why I'm not bringing up Arkansas is because of my personal bias. But like right. honestly, I would I would throw them in the same yeah, tier how they are now. Obviously, we'll talk about yesterday, but um Kentucky, Ole Miss, like to me, those are teams that could potentially go on to lose multiple conference games before it's mm-hmm. said and done. Yet we're talking about the number three team in the nation. We we don't know. We don't know right. if that if Iowa would be. And so that's where it gets difficult for me to just crown Iowa as one of the mm-hmm. top four best teams in the country when here are some arguable mid-tier teams from this other conference that are probably going to have multiple losses because of who they have to play. And so that's where I start. And, and look, but that's the argument and the beauty of college football, right? right? So – Anyways, that's kind of the why I was asking you that. Uh, I am where I am going to be talking about Kentucky here in a little bit uh, again. By the way, because right. I did bring you them did up last, last week. Um, before you go there, let me just say yep. this last thing about Iowa, and then I'm done. And I can't believe I'm like capping for them as hard as I am, man. I <laughs> I'm not an Iowa fan at all. I actually, don't like them. But it's Big Ten. I, but it's, I understand. It's, it's Big Ten, and and so yeah. I kind of understand it. But this this is the thought that came to my mind. We say, so what we're doing with Iowa right now is the same thing we do for OU every year. Every year we do the same thing with OU. Oh, man, you know, if it, you know, are they really that good? But then a lot of good people, a lot of people have no problem putting the crown on their head. Oh, but it's, you know, it's OU and, you know, and all that. And so that's kind of thing where I'm leaning with Iowa. I'm like, yeah, I get it. And I'm looking at their schedule. It's right in front of me, right? So their schedule after tomorrow, I mean, Saturday's a big game. If they beat Penn State, all they have left is Purdue, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois, and Nebraska. And then the just like OU. Beat yeah, Texas, just, you got Kansas, you know. Right. So Kansas that's my State. point. It's just and that the only thing if Iowa wins this week, I believe they'll run the table. I don't see anybody that's gonna upset them. And then it depends who they face in the Big Ten championship game. This is what I will say, though. This is what I believe. I don't believe they're the best team in the conference. I believe they're maybe number three or four. Mm-hmm. I believe you put this Iowa team in on the other side of conference lines, they different suffer a game. loss or two. It's a different It's a different ball game, right? Because yeah. now you're talking not just Penn State. You're talking Michigan. You're talking to fighting Mel Tuckers. You're talking – Ohio State. So I'm saying Iowa may be able You're to. You're talking benefit. the Big Ten, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think Iowa may benefit that if they catch the right team at the right time in a Big Ten championship after going through a gauntlet of a season, yeah. because I believe Penn State, if there's any team in the Big Ten that's going to go undefeated, I believe it's Penn State. Um, I think mm. after Iowa, their next biggest, t- they have two more big tests. They have Michigan, which we play them. Michigan will play at Penn State, and then they have Ohio State, and I think they still have Michigan. So they, they still have the gauntlet left. Ohio State still has Michigan State, Michigan, and Penn State. Michigan still has Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. So I think that's what I'm saying. Iowa might get it because mm. all those four programs, at some point, I don't think any of four go undefeated, even as a Michigan fan. I don't think we go undefeated. I personally think we lose to Penn State and maybe Ohio State at the end of the year. So mm. – and I think Iowa State benefits all that. They can catch maybe like let's say a an eight and two team, an eight and two Penn State or eight and two Ohio State. And you know we've seen them eke one out in the Big Ten championship before, and then they go to the college football playoff. So it wouldn't shock me if that happened. That's all I'm saying. It wouldn't shock me. The stars have aligned. The schedule has aligned. They just got to take care of business this weekend. 
and and this is a conversation for another time, but like it very well could be Iowa Penn State this weekend is just a preface of a rematch for the Big Ten championship. But correct. Like I said, that's that's well let's we'll let's see what happens. Let's get into week five. Um, yeah, let's do it, man. So we're gonna go bold predictions, surprise, overrated. I mean, everyone, if you've been listening, you know the template, you know the format. So I'm just going to go ahead and get this over with, um, <laughs> with bold predictions. Uh, first off, I went 0 for 3. So mm. great weekend. After last weekend, I, I don't I don't think I went undefeated, but I I, I think I was 3 and it's, 1 or 2 and 1. Get some good calls last week. So I had Maryland over Iowa, speaking of which, and Iowa just absolutely pounded Maryland to a, uh, to his brother. brother. Uh, God, I guess I think he threw like four picks in that five. game. Crazy. Five. Uh, fumbled, I think. Anyway, so that's seven turnovers. Um, obviously, Iowa, that's what's got me going. Well, gosh, that's what I was asking earlier. I mean, are they that good? I mean, yeah. not like they shouldn't be. I mean, I really don't know. So I'm going to actually tune into them this next weekend. Uh, I had Louisville, man. I, God, it looked good. That looked good for a while. And it came down to two for that last one. It was either going to be Louisville over Wake Forest or Kentucky over Florida. And I'll talk mm-hmm. about Kentucky in a second because I just hyped Kentucky up last week. I thought, oh, I'm going to double down. and But I thought, man, the Louisville over Wake Forest felt like a better play um, because my other one I was going with was Arkansas. Not because I really thought Arkansas was going to win, as I said last week, but I'm 2-0 and this year when picking them as my bold prediction. So I thought maybe I could, the yeah. fan in me could bring them some, bring them some good mojo, some good juju to maybe didn't work. Right. So, <laughs> but Louisville, they almost took care of Wake Forest who Wake Forest. I'm still kind of trying to figure out like, yeah. are they going to lose? Are they going to benefit? I mean, you know, right. so, cause they're still undefeated over there in the ACC, like kind of just that. quietly creeping their way into the polls. So uh, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on them as as the season plays out. But, all right, getting to Arkansas. So, obviously, I very passionately last week said some things about Arkansas going into this Georgia game. Now, before I address those things, I do want to just cl- – I, I want to make sure all the facts – Yes. Because – <laughs> the soundbite doesn't tell the whole story, as they say. Um, so you have to listen to the entire episode. But, boy, I'll tell you what. Once that game got going, every, you had your crew coming for me. I had other people, <laughs> like, in my network who haven't said two words about the podcast. So, obviously, it showed me they've been following along because right, right. then they start hitting me up. Talking about one of them uh, sent it to uh, like exposed takes on Twitter really? and one of them to freezing cold <laughs> takes. I'm like, oh, so everyone just wants to come out right. of the woodwork now that they can pin something on me. Here's what I want to say, though. First off, and this is actually on the soundbite if you listen to it. The first thing I said was the realist in me objectively does not think Arkansas beats the Georgia Bulldogs. You did say that. Was, that. I said that. That's true. That's fair. In the same episode that was not a part of that clip, as I've already referenced earlier in this episode, was that I mentioned, I believe that Georgia's front seven is the best in the country and could possibly, when it's all said and done, be one of the best in college football history. 
You did say that as well. The final thing here that I feel like is getting lost in all of the, you know, fun and games and shenanigans happening on, on social media is I very, or at least I felt like I very clearly said all of those things under the pretense of Georgia not taking the game seriously. Yes. Of Georgia just rolling out of bed and thinking they could just show up and win. Now, you could make the argument based off yesterday that, hey, they probably could have just rolled out of bed and showed up and still won. But if you watched the game, that was not the case. The players were in a frenzy. The crowd was in a frenzy. The coaches were in a frenzy. That They came to play and they looked like the number one team, not the number two team. They looked like the number one team in the country. They looked yeah. like they were prepared and taking the game serious as if they were playing the number eight team in the country and wanted to show everybody out there, which they did, <laughs> that nobody belongs on the same field as them. That's true. However, just, just to give a little background as to why I even was thinking, well, what would make you think that they wouldn't be ready to play the number eight team? What would they? Last year, we opened the season with Georgia. Georgia came out half asleep. Arkansas coming off of back-to-back two and 10 seasons in their first game with Sam Pittman as the head coach who didn't even have a spring because of COVID was leading Georgia for two and a half quarters. And really it was, it wasn't until deep in the third quarter when Georgia finally got the lead and then, and then the floodgates opened and they ended up winning comfortably in a blowout. But so my thought was this Arkansas team is much better and much improved from last year if Georgia approaches this game the same way, that was where that passion of we're going to come hit, we're going to establish, well, right. we're going to establish our identity. Because we didn't have all that last year. Right. We didn't have an identity. We, we, we were trying to seek and find that. Whereas this year, through the first four games, we have found an identity. Now, to, to, to eat my crow, right. Georgia basically said, no, you don't have an identity at Sanford Stadium. <laughs> no, you don't have an identity against the Georgia Bulldogs. Right. No, you don't have the dogs on your roster that you think you have. We're going to show you what a dog really looks like. Now, I still will not go back on that statement because Arkansas does have some dogs. They're just they young right now. Yeah, They're, they're, they're young. Um, not that they'll ever develop and evolve into – what the what, what Georgia has I'm not saying that I, I'm just saying I'm not gonna I did mention that last week about you know Arkansas finally has some dogs on the roster right um but dude I'm watching that game looking at Georgia's running backs and just how they're built thinking like that guy could go start at defensive end for other SEC teams in the in the in the conference right now like right, right. now just just right. looking at them um they got the 300 and what is it? Fifty News. pound nose yeah, tackle. That plays. What was back. it? Beamer said he runs better than anybody on right. this call. You right. know, he's <laughs> like they got a hundred five stars. It's right. so funny because after watching a half of Arkansas Georgia, I went back and watched that clip of Beamer just sounding off, and I go, "It makes total sense right now. Like right. everything he's saying is spot on." Um. So, anyways, I'll eat my crow. I, I I did. I got very passionate about my team. And the last thing, just for any any of you listeners or viewers, as you're kind of getting to know myself and Brandon through this podcast, just know, if I ever follow up an objective statement with these words right here, but here's what I'm going to say, just know <laughs> at that point, I'm in total Homer mode. I'm right. in total emotional mode. You, exactly. you cannot take seriously 
whatever I'm saying, even though I'm going to sound very passionate and very convicted about what I'm saying. But the reality was I still (laughs) felt that way, but it was, I just wanted to clarify that one, I did not think uh, Arkansas was going to beat Georgia. Two, I did not even think those things were going to happen if Georgia actually showed up, which that I didn't really go out of my way to clarify. Mm-hmm. But what I was trying to say, and you can go back and listen, I'm not backtracking on anything. I no. said it. I own right. it. Georgia gave it to us and I was wrong. Mm-hmm. However, I was putting it under the pretense of if Georgia didn't bring, you know, just kind of rolled out of the rolled out of the dorm room, showed up thinking they could just play like they did last year. Right. Um, and then the last thing I'm going to say on that, and then you can get into your bold predictions for the weekend, because I don't even know. I don't even remember who's your who yours were and how you did. But I did terrible. Here's what I'm learning, B. Holmes, about uh, this whole podcasting <laughs> game. Let's just say last week you wouldn't have pulled that clip specifically. Let's say instead of pulling that clip, you would have pulled the clip where I was giving Kentucky their props and talking about how they're a team to watch out for in the yeah. SEC and talking about how we're going to really find out who this team is over the next several weeks and how they've quietly crept to a 2-0 and conference record. And, you know, you remember, right? I, I, yep, I brought that in last week. You did. You did. If you would have pulled that clip and posted that and put it on everything, and then Kentucky follows it up by upsetting the number 10-ranked Florida Gators, it would have been radio silence. Oh, yeah. We would have gotten no retweets, no posts. Nothing. But because you got me on wax going, but here's what we're going to do. It was a good time. I, I ain't even mad at it, bro. <laughs> hey, they're making remix videos of me. Yeah. I got a couple followers out of it. I was like, hey, I, I'm, it's all we'll fair game it, for man. me. It's all influence so, right now. <laughs> exactly. So at this point, I also thought it was funny that then all of a sudden, because of that video on our TikTok that's going viral, it's bringing attention to our other videos. So then yes. I noticed during the game that there's some people started commenting on that video, which yeah, is also on TikTok. Georgia going, fan, yeah. Uh, yeah, I said, uh, this didn't age well. I was like, nope, sure it didn't. Sure didn't. <laughs> so look, I will, I will gladly eat my crow. Okay, here we go. Here's my uh, listeners or social media or whoever. You were right. I was wrong. You're the best. I'm the worst. <laughs> You're the most good looking. I'm not so attractive. You know, right, whatever. That's right. that's my happy Gilmore crow eating speech. I gave it to Iowa State earlier this year, even though I don't feel like I should have had to. Um, but I did because they got game day. And so there it is for the Arkansas-Georgia. I'm going to close the book on that. And then my last question to you is, B. Holmes, what's worse? My soundbite clip being on social media in the midst of the disaster that was Arkansas versus Georgia or Lane Kiffin telling the entire nation to get their popcorn ready, throwing his headphones, giving the glare on the runoff, and then going out there and laying an egg. Well, I mean, which one's worse? Well, can I I answer that later? Because that's going into one of my (laughs) segments. Okay, Okay. yes. That goes into one of my segments. We'll we'll table that for later. I'm going to transition smoothly into that. But my my um my bold predictions this week, I really thought my first one, I thought Kansas State would take OU. Um Kansas That's State right. was playing really well. OU is just they're playing very pedestrian, which I'm sad to see because man, I 
I really believe Spencer Rattler was going to be the next great OU thing. And he's not bad, but you know, it, it is bad when your team home crowd is calling for the backup quarterback. Who's a true freshman, Caleb Williams. Mm. And, and they want you. And Caleb was nice. He played in the DC area. I kept, kind of kept up with this, his recruiting. Um, and it was a close game for a while. I'm thinking um, if I'm looking at the score correctly, it was 37 to 31. Um, and I kind of had that game on my iPad. I was trying to keep up with it. You know, I think, like you said, I think next week the Big 12 comes down. If OU is going to the playoff, it comes down to next week's game, the Red River rivalry, and we'll see what happens there. So mm-hmm. typical OU game, I think they played – I think Kansas State gave them everything they had. I think they had them on the ropes. OU just got the break that they needed to make it happen, and we'll see what happens that week, right? I don't Next week I don't really have much to say about OU. My other big bold prediction, and you you tweeted about it, you pulled the receipts on it. Um, you know, I, and I was swinging for the fences. Oh, yeah, on I it, was right? right about something yeah, this You weekend. were right about, about that. that. And I was swinging. So, one of my bold predictions, I like to swing for the fences. I've been doing pretty well swinging for the fences this season. Um, I had liked what I had been seeing. I thought Florida kind of gave us a game plan. And mm-hmm. I said, all right, Ole Miss is going to beat. Bama, that was my bold prediction. I'm like, if there's any, and so now Tommy Brooker, who chopped up the video of you, first off, Tommy's a big Ole Miss guy. Tommy, and I know you listen to, yeah, Tommy, and I know you listen to this podcast, so you're going to laugh right now. Trey, I'm not to tell you, Tommy's sending me all these stats about how great Ole Miss is running the football. That's making me feel way more confident about my pick. <laughs> like, he's sending me all these stats. Like, because I'm texting like, hey, man, just so you know, my bold prediction this week, I'm going to predict Ole Miss over Bama. You know, yeah. and he he's like, ah, it's going to be tough, but if anyone can do it. I mean, he's sending me stats from like the last three years. Like, since Lane has been in, how well they're running the football. And I'm feeling really confident <laughs> going in the side. I'm feeling really confident, bro. Like, because Tommy is making me, like, feeling like a genius with this pick. I'm already feeling good about Lane. But then, like, the data is backing me up. I'm like, I'm a genius, oh, yeah. man. We're putting oh, yeah. this the on analytics, man. The yeah, analytics, man. The analytics got me feeling good. <laughs> so, I'm watching the game. And the first drive, I'm like, great pick, Brandon. Here we go. And Lane goes for it on fourth down, which I get it. I mean, how they were driving, how they were moving. I understood the call. You got to go for the go when you're playing Bama. Like, hit them in the mouth while you can. They miss. You know, Bama comes down and scores. I'm like, okay. Now, this is what I didn't know because I would have never picked Bama if I would have knew this. I mean, I would pick Ole Miss. They run like yeah, a 2 I got three, six. And I was just like, who runs a 2-3-6 going against Bama? They're going to run the football down your throat. I didn't know that. So that's that's my bad as a podcast host for not doing my research, right? Um, and they just got handed. Like it was bad. Now, Lane's an excuse for going for multiple fourth downs. I, I don't it was bad. It was bad. Like it was really, really bad. And here's the irony is that Bama had their best fourth down efficiency of the season against Ole Miss, which just the irony of that, like that's, that's such a Saban thing. Oh, okay. I'm going to come out here and basically do what you do to everyone else and show you that you can't do it to me, but that like, I can do that to you. I'll just say, just for anyone that may not have seen that, you can go to my Twitter at it's Trey Smith, the (laughs) text receipt he's referring to. Was it about, I think seven 53 on Saturday morning. 
Yeah, and yes, we we start talking about this stuff like first week. thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's we, nonstop. Yeah, we're a week. But I said because it's not just you, Brandon. It's not even just Ole Miss fans. Like a lot of people were like thinking Ole Miss is about to do this, and a big part of it was because of how well they played them last year. And I was just like, you said, I no. said, I said, Ole Miss ain't beating Bama. Everybody's so high on Lane Kiffin and the Rebs. I said I got Saban by twenty one. You did. And so at least I had one thing I could hang my hat on and feel good about. And I think somebody said it. I have. Um, I was reading an athletic this morning, and I forget her name. Uh, man, I feel so bad. I like to give people their credit, but she was like, "I think we all fall into that trap where we see their quote unquote there's a chink in Bama's armor, and we instantly get on because they're so good and they've been so good for so long. You're like, there it is, there it is. There's the hole in the game. There's the hole in the game. It's over. And Nick Saban quickly figures it out. He and reminds it. us why he's Nick Saban, which yeah. transfers him to me into my biggest surprise. After now, I'm pumped for this game. I got my my burgers ready. I've I've seasoned them every Saturday. I have burgers, guys. It's like my college football thing. I, I season them, Trey. I've uh-huh. I've marinated them. They're they're mm. man. They're ready to go. I put them in the skillet. I put the the fresh organic sharp cheddar on top. Got the onions, mm. the tomatoes. The brioche bun, garlic aioli mustard, got my mm. chips. I'm ready. Hey, I'm ready to go. Michigan just won. I'm riding high. I'm like, oh, oh, here we go. And your boy Lane Kiffin gets on. I'm seeing the confidence. I like the swagger. Biggest. This is my biggest surprise. He says, get your popcorn ready. Stares. Takes the headphone. Flicks. Stares. Walk, runs off. And Jaron Prince, you're listening to this. I see the tweet. He goes, <laughs> captures it. He goes, Ole Miss by three. I'm like, I feel that, man. That man is confident. Biggest surprise is Lane Kiffin laid a dud in this game. The offensive genius, the offensive yeah. guru, the man who was the tutelage of Nick Saban. If there was any assistant that we thought could figure out this Bama defense and give Nick Saban a run for his money, I thought it would be Lane Kiffin. And my biggest surprise was not the score of the game, not the result of the game, excuse me, not the result of the game. It's how bad Ole Miss Mm. looked playing Alabama. They looked frazzled. They looked unorganized. And after that initial punch in the mouth that Bama gave them after they stopped them on fourth down and went and scored, I think Ole Miss had this look of, oh, shoot. What did we just get ourselves into? And watching Lane Kiffin on the sideline eating crow in real life time to mm. me was just my biggest sur- – because he had this look of helplessness. Like, help me. Somebody come and save me from this butt beating. And, like, I don't know. Like, if you ever been – when you were a kid, you just do something and you look back at it and you're like, why did I do that? Yeah, I feel like that was Lane Kiffin's look throughout the game of why yeah. did I say get your popcorn ready? How much of a d bag do I look like tossing right. the headphones? And I mean, that was my biggest disappointment because I was so high. I'm not now the boat prediction was they're going to beat Bama. I, in my heart of heart, I believe Bama's going to win, but I'm thinking maybe Lane. And Ole Miss take them to the wire. Maybe they take them to where it's like six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Bama does Bama's things, and then they win. And I'm just disappointed, man. I 
I don't even know what else to think. And, you know, you said earlier, maybe they're a middle tier SEC team. They're going to win some games. I think we're really about to see does Lane Kiffin really have the coaching chops to get his team from coming outside of their shell now because you just got whooped on national TV. And let's see how they respond. Um, and, I, and I don't know how I feel about that. You, you want to hear a bold Lane Kiffin prediction? Go for it, man. He will be the next head coach at one of those struggling Florida universities. Mm. Book it. Ooh. That's what I think. And I, and I and you know what? He'll do well, in my opinion. Uh, when he doesn't have to play Bama every year, um, yeah. Georgia every third year, however they do the rotation. I mean, I, I, I really believe that. Um, but we'll see. I like that. I could see that. So – my surprise? Am I? Yeah, am I? Yeah, am I up? Biggest surprise? Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to Kentucky. They upset Florida, top ten. I, I started getting on the Kentucky last week, bringing some attention to that. But they they're like I said, they've quietly gotten to five and zero. Oh. They're three and zero oh in conference play, which is an even bigger. Now they're on the they're over on the East. They don't have to play in the SEC West. But mm-hmm. listen to this resume. If they can win two of the next four games, and here's what their lineup is. They've got LSU, Georgia, which they ain't beating Georgia, but LSU, Georgia, Mississippi State, and Tennessee. For Kentucky, they've got LSU and Tennessee at home. They could legitimately win those three games, but even if they just win two of them, and they are seven and two, Listen to this stretch to end the season. Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, Louisville. Mm. That's a team. Kentucky has a legitimate path to being 11 and 1 or 10 and 2 and being 6 and 2, or depending on. That LSU, Mississippi State, Tennessee, I mean, it's not unrealistic to think they could end up being, uh, what would it be, 7-1 and one in conference yeah. play. But even if it's just, let's just say 6-2. and two. Let's just say they finish the season 10-2 and two with a 6-2 and two conference record. Is that not a New Year 6 bowl resume? Yeah, I believe so. I mean... Find me a time when an SEC team won 10 games and six conference games and was not in a New Year's, New Year's Six Bowl. There's, there's been times where teams haven't even had that great of one and right. still had a New Year's Six Bowl. This Kentucky team really kind of reminds me right now, not, not how they play and, mm-hmm. and how they're built, but kind of what they're doing reminds me a little bit of the Petrino era Razorbacks where – Next thing you know, you looked up and Arkansas was in the Sugar Bowl. And everybody's like, right. whoa. Yeah, yeah, when like, that happened. Where'd that come from? And then the mm-hmm. next year they were in the Cotton Bowl, finishing the season top five. And so with Kentucky, I'm just going to say they were my surprise, but don't be shocked if we look up in a few weeks and they're seven and two with three very winnable games on the docket and having that potential to win 10 games in season. Um, to me, I think a 10 and 2, 6 and 2 SEC uh, conference record uh, warrants a New Year's Six Bowl berth. I also I think that 
Arkansas Ole Miss this upcoming weekend, who I'm not ready to throw in the towel on either one of those teams because they got whooped by the top two teams in the country. I think that game could potentially have implications on a New Year's Six Bowl bid. Mm -hmm. I would give Ole Miss the advantage from the standpoint that they don't have to play Georgia and Bama this year, whereas Arkansas still has to play Bama. And we all know no one's beating beating Bama. Bama. So... (laughs) But even as I look at that, I, I, I'm too in the clouds because I'm having – I can't separate my fandom right now. Like I really – after yesterday, I really want to see us play a team right. that's not Georgia because I look at the schedule right now and I can convince myself we could win nine games in season. And then I look again and I go, are we going to be bowl eligible? So right, we right. will be. Um, but I think that this Ole Miss game against uh, Arkansas Ole Miss, because then Ole Miss could very well get on a roll. And right. then Bama's out of the way – they don't have to play Georgia. Their crossover East SEC game is is Vanderbilt this year. So oh. I'm just saying those are three teams you could look at. But to me, yeah. Kentucky controls their own destiny, and they have a top 10 victory under the belt. If they take care of business and win two out of the next four, I think we see them in a New Year's Six Bowl. And then my other resume, uh, my other surprise I want to throw out there, okay, try to get on the front end, is the SMU uh, Ponies. Pony oh, Express, man. SMU Mustangs, man. They're, they've, again, now they're over in the the American Athletic, but they've quietly crept to a 5-0 and record. Mm-hmm. They still have to play Cincy later this season, which I think is when we're really going to see what Cincinnati's all about. Excited about but, that man, one. there is nothing I would love more than to see, you know, a 10-win SMU team playing against a 9, 8- or 9-win Texas team like mm-hmm. in the Alamo Bowl or the Texas Bowl. Like, yeah, personally, right. I still dig like old Southwest classic matchups. I do personally. Yeah. So I would love to see, uh, and I'd have to look, but I'm pretty sure Sonny Dykes, this would be like his maybe third time, maybe second, but winning 10 games uh, with SMU. Oh, and wow. um, just how he's branded that program made them were Dallas's college, right. you know, come back home and really hitting the transfer portal. So anyways, SMU, uh, uh, that's kind of my, my other surprise. Keep an eye out. And then I'll just get into my overrated. Cause I know we got to get into true minute drill and my overrated won't take long, but I pretty much just put the pack 12. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Oregon and UCLA. I, I actually, after we did our interview last night, which we got off that at like 11 PM, Mm-hmm. Um, I went and watched the rest of UCLA, Arizona state and man, I was just, I was just so disappointed. Um, and so they get my overrated. I didn't Did even he? see, I was so tired, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That's a great question. Did like, he wear his visor? <laughs> if he's not wearing his visor, like someone's got to let him know that's the problem. Chip <laughs> right. Kelly, wear your visor. But I just, like maybe I jumped the gun on them. I mean, we had the conversation, the mailbag conversation a couple of weeks ago about is this the year that Pac-12 gets in the CFP? And no. I mean, Oregon falls to Stanford. UCLA falls to Arizona, Arizona State. State. That's Herm. their second loss of the season. And it ain't happening this year. It ain't happening, Captain. So I uh, that's who's my overrated of the week is. And then you hit it and then we can get into our true minute. Yeah, man, my overrated, and it's probably going to throw some people off, and some people are probably going to think I'm a hater, which, hey, man, whatever. I, I think my overrated this week, even though they won, is Ohio State. Um, you know, I read all the articles, Ohio State's back, C.J. Stroud looks comfortable, 
you know, because I think they won. Um, <clears throat> I think their score is something crazy, like uh, fifty-two or forty-five to ten. What's what's the mm. score? Fifty-two thirteen against Rutgers. And I know people are going to say, "Well, Brandon, didn't you just say Greg Schiano has that team ready to play last week and did it all of a sudden change because they're playing Ohio State?" And I'm like, "Well, no. Um, you know, those are two tough back-to-back, big back-to-back games that Rutgers has to play. They played Michigan. Mm-hmm. They played Michigan tough. They lost a heartbreaker, and then you have to get back up. And I'm I'm an unbiased fan of saying this: Ohio State has more talent than Michigan. Um, and so Ohio State, I'm, if I'm being honest, they can they have more talent than probably everybody besides two or three teams in the country. You know, they're not more talented than Bama. I don't think they're more talented than Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say I would put them in the top three or four talented teams in the top five, all right, if I'm being generous. So they should do that to Rutgers. But I just, you know, it's the Ohio State narrative for me that, that gets very overrated. You know, they've looked pedestrian all year. We watched them play Oregon. They are what we are. Then they struggled at with Tulsa the next week. Um, and then, like, to the point that they, they rested C.J. Stroud for a week. And I've never heard that in college football. We're going to give them a rest. Um, mm-hmm. ticket. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and load management. You, yeah, load management. And then you demote Kerry Combs, your def- defensive coordinator, midseason. Everything besides the title, you've demoted the guy. Um, mm. And so now all of a sudden, because you blow up on a Rutgers team who played a tough game last week, and I'm sure didn't even have the talent to kind of re get back up, that's in a rebuilding phase. Everyone's saying, oh man, Ohio State is back. And I'm like, no, Ohio State is doing what they should do to Rutgers. I mean, when you have Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and whoever else, Trayvon, uh, Travion Henderson, who's the incoming running back, like, yeah, those three dudes, I mean, they could be just about anybody that's not Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, <laughs> just with those three dudes. Um, and mm. so I just, I just don't like the narrative. Like, oh, man, Ohio State's back. Here they come. Now, if they put together another performance like that next week with whomever they play and they're constantly rolling into the back half of the season, dropping 45, 50 points a game, eh, then you got me believable. But it's Rutgers. And the fact that they got ranked that high this year, this this thing, I, I'm just like, it's the Ohio State bias. Cool and all. Don't believe it. I think it's overrated. I'm, I'm excited to see how they do in the final back half of the schedule when you do have to play Michigan State. You do have to play Michigan. You do have to play Penn State. Those are going to be mm-hmm. three tough games for you to play. Um, and let's see if y'all are really about if you're really who you know people think you are, which I said it, and it's on wax, and I said it week one, and I said it week two, and I've said it week three. I don't think they're that good. Um, and mm. so if they are, if they turn around on the table, I'll eat crow. I'm sure people will pull clips of me about Ohio State. But right now, I don't think they're that good. So that's my overrated, which I think leads into our true minute drill, which minute we're actually drill. we're sponsored this week. Who are we sponsored by? Well, Actually, I think what we should do is let's let the interview play. Okay, and we'll sponsor. And then week. and then sponsor the the to follow up. Like let's let everybody hear the interview and kind of like you. build that that connection. Yeah, you know, I got you through hearing that because uh, I think that's important because man, he he had some gold. But yeah, he did. Uh, we'll do our midweek. We'll drop our midweek special interview this week, and then next Sunday or next week's uh, actual. True Blue podcast. podcast. Uh, I'm sorry, Blue Bloods College Game Time podcast. Uh, we will, uh, we will, we will give his uh, his sponsorship information for the True Minute Drill. So absolutely. But this week, um, since we're segueing it, man, our uh, our sorry, our True Minute Drill has been, man, we're a little 
tired. It's been a long week. Um, but two minute drill, man. This week we're gonna talk about our good old boy Urban Meyer. I don't know if some of you guys have known. <laughs> I do not like Urban Meyer. I'm sorry. Um, it's not even personal. Like I will sit down and have lunch with the guy because I think he's a coaching genius and I don't think you're that good at coaching and not good at leadership and amongst other things. I just don't like him due to our football biases, him going to Ohio State and me being a Michigan fan. But this viral, mm-hmm. I texted you yesterday. I said, yo, yes. are you on Twitter? Have you seen this video going by? And at first, I didn't believe it, Trey. I didn't want to believe it. I didn't I want to. I was like, I don't want to believe that Urban is down this bad. <laughs> like, that Jacksonville has my man down this bad. Um, but this viral, you can look it up. There's this video of Urban at a bar um, just getting grinded on by some chick. And all these women are taking photos of him. Like, look who he's flirting with. And he just looks down bad, man. Like, he looks sad. Know. He looks things so just kind of well, that's a two minute drill. Is what he yeah. looked. Well, he looked lit, lit to cover up his sadness. <laughs> um, yes. And so that's just our two minute drill this week, kind of talking about the state of Urban Meyer and what is going on. So if you want me to start first, I can go ahead and take it. Okay. You ready? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm we, ready. We may as well just get into it. Let's get Here into we it. Go. Ready? <laughs> All right, Urban, it's your boy Brandon Holmes, man. Listen. I said it before you even went to Jacksonville. I don't think it's going to work. And I think the whole NFL realizes this isn't really going to work for you. And we're going to give you a pardon because of how great you are as a college coach. So this is what I think you do. I think you cut your losses. I think you just come out and just be, hey, if you want to blame it on med- uh, on your medical history, fine. I think you should just say, hey, I'm not. this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And I'm going to go to college. And I'm going to take this job at USC because – Ultimately, we know you're a winner. You don't like losing. And college football is where you belong. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means you experimented and it didn't work out in your favor. So let's do what you want to do anyways. Go to a program that you know is high profile, that you know you're going to go. Once you show up, you can win within the next three years. And get back to being happy because you being at a bar looking lit and sad isn't working for your image, buddy. And I would hate to see you go out like that. So Urban, USC is waiting for you. The Learjet is in Jacksonville. Hop on it right now and start recruiting for next season. When you do that, okay. Well, I'm up. Let me reset this clock. Ready? All right. I'm gonna be honest. I don't have as much of a vendetta towards urban meyer as b holmes does in fact i i actually i've read his books like i've i've been inspired by him and really the platform he's built and what he what he shares about being a family man being a dad being a husband and how he encourages and coaches his assistant coaches to be the same way so like i was i was bothered by that not like in a judgmental way but more so like obviously every man has their weaknesses And I would just like to say to Urban Meyer, like, don't forget the platform of influence that you've built beyond just being a football coach. Don't forget the platform of influence you've built as a family man, that you've built as a father, that you've built as a husband. And so, look, I'm not going to sit here and judge another man or watch what another man does. I would just encourage you, coach, not to forget those things, no matter how bad it gets. (laughs) In Jacksonville. That's it. 
Absolutely. Hey, I want to clear. I don't have a vendetta against Urban Meyer. <laughs> I just want to clear that. <laughs> like, I'm really, my girlfriend's very particular. I love you, Jess. She's very particular about our words, which has made me very particular. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't have a vendetta. All right. I, Bad I like, choice of words. I like Urban. This, I love, I don't like him as the Ohio State football coach. I like Urban Meyer as the coach, though. I think he's a genius. I think, dare I say, there may be only in our lifetime, maybe one or two coaches that are comparable to him. And I'm going to say one, which is Nick Saban, unless you can give mm. me another one. Um, I think he's a genius. I've listened to a lot of his stuff on coaching and leading men. Um, and mm. I think a lot of it's accurate. Um, and I don't think you become that good without being a master at your craft. But not just yes. valuing that, but valuing other things in life. Um, and I said this a long time ago on one of our first podcasts about Urban when we talked about him potentially going to Texas. Remember when I said I think that was going to happen, Texas or USC? Mm-hmm. And I've always said this, and I said I think Urban is not a coaching problem for him. It's finding the balance so he can find true joy mm-hmm. and happiness in his life. And I think that is always, that's kind of been his Achilles heel. And not to get into a deep rant about it, but it's the one thing we've learned. Um, promotions, jobs, you'll never find your full satisfaction in that. And whatever right. that being, me being a Christian man is, I, I find my place and my value in Christ. Um, whatever mm. you believe, whatever you, however you, whoever you believe in or whatever that is, you know, and what you believe in that, you have to kind of find that for yourself. But I've always thought that's kind of like Urban's thing. It's like there's been yes. so much emphasis on Urban Meyer, the coach. That's why he has the health problems. You haven't found the balance to find who you are outside of that. And I Mm. think that's what we saw the other day of this viral video is, man, you're not winning. You're not being who Urban Meyer is supposed to be. So who am I outside of that? And that's my biggest hope for him. Because as a man, like you said, I can't judge him. I won't ever judge him. But as a man that's found the success he's found, I'm always one to see those guys finish strong. Um, yes. I would never want to see them come down. And that's my thing. It's like, let's get out of a situation that doesn't make you happy. Let's find a situation that makes you happy and that realigns you back to what you what your values are. We all slip. We all have moments. But let's that's get right. in a position where you're back to what you value. And let's I hope in my prayer is that he finds the balance that I believe he's truly needed because he's a phenomenal coach. And I would never yeah. want anything to take away from the impact he's made, not only in the game of football, but as you know, both of us being athletes, coaches, Mm -hmm. some of the stuff that you leave in these players' lives and how they look at you, not just as a coach, but sometimes as a father figure, a friend, or as a man or a mentor that they look up to. And I would never want that image to be tainted because of whatever's going on. So just want to make that clear. I don't have a vendetta against Urban. I love No vendetta, Coach Urban Meyer. (laughs) I, I, it's more I, of a grudge towards a Ohio grudge. State that it you is. just happened to be the head coach of and had a lot of success. And you whooped our behinds. But if you ever invited me to dinner or lunch, Urban, I am there with a notepad ready <laughs> to listen because obviously you have something of value to offer me, man. So week five, right. we're down. We're done. It's been a long week. But before yeah, we go, I, I got to plug it. Make sure you guys follow us on our yes. YouTube, TBP yes. Sports. Man, we want to see you guys there. We drop content every day, every Daily. every day. Instagram, it's Blue Blood CGT. We want you there, and then um, some of you new guys, man. Hey, don't 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 
Don't age yourself out. Jump on a TikTok game. We got some really cool yeah. stuff coming on TikTok. Um, I think within the next month or so, we're kind of working out the logistics. Um, but I think it's going to be a really big deal because no one's really doing what we're getting ready to potentially do on TikTok. So, man, just support us on all platforms. Leave the comments. We're, we're thankful for it. And we love the Twitter banter. Um, oh, so yeah. We, so we love you guys. Follow me on Twitter at Real And Trey, what's yours? What's your Twitter? At again? It's Trey Smith. Awesome, guys. Well, hey, we love you. Enjoy your week. Soak your losses. Enjoy your wins. And we'll be back with you guys next time. Take care. Peace. College football. I love March Madness.